Welcome to the Unsearchable Riches Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope and pray that you're doing good. Praise be to God. I'm Samuel and this is the 14th episode of the Slender Path series. I call it Illicit Divine Intervention. We're almost towards the end of the series and this is the second last episode. What I'm about to talk is the fifth step of one's journey in the Slender Path. We often seek the intervention of parents, dear ones, or experts in tackling unforeseen situations. The first level of trust is that they've been there or at least know someone who has taken that route and had narrated the outcome. The second level of trust makes us reveal the question or doubt that keeps pestering us and making us feel insecure. We ensure to confine such discussion privately and to only those who we feel can keep it within themselves. The third or the ultimate level of trust is to abide and follow their decision or advise and travel through it. Each level has its own importance and even if one of them does not hold a check mark, we immediately look for options. This kind might not happen in all situations, but definitely does in such we deem to be of extreme importance. It differs in one's spiritual journey through the slender path. While some use it as a lifeline when things go haywire, God still assists them since He is gracious and loving. Remember that God is not just a protector and provider, but a heavenly father, a dear brother, and a true friend. He never fails or forsakes us. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 states, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. What an awesome verse. People whom we rely on change in a chiffy and we stop everything for a certain period and question if it is really happening. The good news is that there is a God above who remains the same from the former eternity to the latter. The levels of trust which I spoke about earlier have a measurement associated. Something like a little, a lot and to death. Just like we attempt to measure love. Faith is the one that makes people choose paths that were never trodden before. It includes something which happened miraculously to someone before or something that has been promised, revealed and yet to occur. Apostle John was led by the Holy Spirit to write this in John chapter 21 verse 25. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Wow, I definitely deem this as the greatest testimony for the power of the living God. Among the ones which were recorded in the Gospels, I would like to point your thoughts towards the levels of faith certain individuals had. Jesus had called them by this and were healed according to it. The multitude of people, Peter in person, and all the other disciples were questioned as O ye of little faith by Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 verse 30 chapter 8 verse 26 chapter 14 verse 31 and chapter 16 verse 8 on the contrary Jesus called a centurion whose servant was paralyzed and dreadfully tormented and the Gentile woman whose daughter was serially demon-possessed as great faith in Matthew chapter 8 verse 10 and chapter 15 verse 28. The Lord of Lords and King of Kings himself had testified this. No other reward or riches on earth could match it. 
This is where it narrows down to either little or no faith versus great faith. There are no intermediate and like Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 states, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Eliciting divine intervention usually occurs when the doctors show no hope of survival or when one loses everything or when things don't work the way we assume. In order to live, we ought to breathe and similarly to continually please God, upholding faith in every second of our lives is the key. I've elicited God's intervention and at certain times couldn't accept the outcome. Does that mean it's risky or should be the last resort? No. My dad's demise was a brutal loss and I constantly wrestle with God in prayer about this. I always wanted to know the reason behind his sudden demise and suffering. When God revealed the answer in a dream, I had to either accept or ignore it. No wonder Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9 states, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What I was shown that night was terrible even to think about, but that's the truth. I saw how my father's condition would have been and what he would have to go through if survived. The reason we cannot think as God is because we only see the present, attain or have limited knowledge about the past, and can only predict the future, whereas God has been through the entire past, present, and future unto eternity. That's why he is called God. A situation or an issue has many reasons and each person usually derive about the cause through their perspectives. Many speculations lead to a controversial narrative and debates. The best example is the outbreak of coronavirus. We only know the likely sources of its origin and the way it has spread. Nobody knows the real reason and cause for it. Some say it's planned by warfare while the others say it's sheer negligence and bad food choice. From a religious perspective, people question why had God allowed it to happen? These occurrences remind me of the prophecy and revelation in Luke chapter 21 verses 8 to 11. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Aren't these signs quite evident in the time we live today? We wouldn't know the cause and often conclude that there is no point in this. However, God is the only righteous judge and knows why and how it had happened. For those who believe, he says, do not fear, be watchful and pray. Luck and fortune remain for those who do not believe, and that's like head or tails in a coin toss. Biblically, if we attempt to examine the reasons for a particular situation, there are many. It includes genealogy, life decisions, food choices, addictions, abuse of something, transgressing the laws of nature, wars, sin, disobedience, direct affliction of Satan, the trial of faith, and the immediate judgment of God. Deliverance is not in the power of our hands, but God. I'm not trying to say we're useless, but understand that 
the ultimate healing or cleansing comes from something that is only possible through God. Does that mean we shouldn't look towards medication for healing or any other source to get the work done? I'll leave that to one's level of faith and relationship with God. I've come across people who resort to medication and advancements in it with the belief that they are based on what God has put in nature and gave knowledge to the humankind. I've also met people who completely rely on divine healing or intervention for deliverance. This remains the same for all kinds of battles faced during their course of life. Whatever may be your choice, remember that giving place to God in everything is a blessing and a testimony of faith. God's intervention can happen immediately or takes time, but what matters is your continual steadfastness in Him. Let's look at a few verses from the Bible. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12 And in the thirty-ninth year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe, yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord but the physicians. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 21 Now Isaiah had said, Let them take a lump of figs and apply it as poultice on the boil, and he shall recover. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 states, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. In the first reference, Asa, the king, turned away from God and had his complete faith in the physicians. They could not save him, and thus he later died. In the second reference, we see Hezekiah the king in a similar situation. And the difference here is that when the prophet Isaiah revealed God's commandment to put his household back in order, Hezekiah gave heed to it and prayed. His prayer was heard and was healed. He was also given a remedy for recovery. The third reference that we read sums it all up. How sure are we that certain medication or treatment heals one completely? How sure are we that certain decisions or investments will bring yield? Even the doctors cannot guarantee that. Doctors take prior consent for diagnosis, treatment, organ transplant, research purposes, disclosure of medical records, teaching and medical legal purposes. Nothing is guaranteed, but an attempt is assured. The result could only be a relief instead of a permanent cure. What surprises me is that the commonly used symbol of medicine has the staff of Aesculapus, who is the deity associated with healing and medicinal arts. In Greek mythology, he is the son of Apollo, the physician. There are many interpretations for the staff and twin serpents. It can be derived that they believe God has given life and when they diagnose or operate, since they are stepping in the way, utmost care and 100% integrity is necessary. Nothing is guaranteed in life except for salvation, death, resurrection, and heavenly riches or eternal separation from God. It is very important to retrospect every situation in our lives. When we pray and ponder about it, a way is shown or made, though the cause may or may not be revealed. To some, it may sound strange, but people have made great inventions and discoveries and won great battles and challenges throughout history by eliciting God's intervention. Such an experience only occurs when we see God and then we wait on Him with faith. Our adrenaline rush pesters us to see things immediately, but God's timing is amazing. I would also like to point out that God has given us things that we never asked for, and most of them are beyond our imagination. 
we are living in times where most of the things are right underneath our fingertips and we got used to making things happen in a chiffy. While seeking an answer, a miracle or a breakthrough, it is different. God does not work according to the way we expect it to be. At times, we hope that it should happen in a certain manner, but never know the outcome since our knowledge is limited. In the Old Testament, we've seen people turn to prophets, judges, kings and priests to inquire from God. By God's grace, we are given the Holy Spirit who gives the spiritual gifts individually as He wills. It includes gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, and discerning of spirits. It is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4-11. to There are diversities of gifts, and it's sad that people do not seek them and instead scout for preachers who can get the job done for them. I'm not saying it is wrong, but where is your effort? Where is your testimony? We expect somebody else to fast, tarry, pray, and seek God's intervention on behalf of us. Doing this on top of our strive will definitely please God. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Imagine if you receive one, how great of help will it be for your family or dear ones? A lot of preachers hesitate to talk about the suffering one goes through in this land of path. The Christian life is not just about prosperity and riches. I know thinking about suffering and loss brings dread. But are you telling me that the Gentiles do not have these? Is it only the ones who follow Jesus that have these? Everybody faces it, and the only difference is that we have a waymaker who can make a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Whatever your battle or question is, put it at God's feet because that's the best place for our burdens to be cast upon. It doesn't backfire nor bring us any shame. It not only pleases God but in turn becomes a blessing for having the faith to elicit His intervention. Remember that we worship a living God. Psalm chapter 37 verse 5 Come at your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. Thanks for your time. Take care, stay safe, and God bless you.